Welcome to Plant Medicine Transmissions with Javier Regueiro. This is our 50th episode of Plant Medicine Transmissions. And I would like, first of all, to thank Natalia Cuestas in Lima, who's been doing all the posting and all the graphics for this podcast. I would also like, once again, to thank all the people that back in April, March, April, answered my plea for financial support in order to start doing this podcast again. Thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart. I feel that a lot of ground has been covered in these 50 episodes, and so I am opening this podcast to questions, to concerns by this audience. So feel free to write to me at uh, javier.ayaruna at uh, gmail.com. The address is also written in the little blurb at the beginning of this podcast. And we shall begin right away by answering the request of a member of this audience who asked me to speak about healing the wounded masculine. My most listened to podcast was about healing the wounded feminine. So it's not an accident that someone would ask, well, what about healing the wounded masculine? I must confess that I tackled this theme with a lot of trepidation because it is a touchy subject, meaning that in our heavily polarized culture nowadays, there is no space for men to even express their woundedness. Men are perceived as perpetrators, as very bad, as the source of all problems in our society, and therefore they have no place to voice their own woundedness and their own struggle. At the bottom of it, as far as I'm concerned, is not men or women and the conflicts that arise in between these two, But it's about the fact that we are both, both genders and everything in between, are in this predicament of, so to speak, Kali Yuga, of distortion, of conflict, and of destruction. We can blame men, we can blame the patriarchy, we can blame hundreds of years of abuse, But that doesn't solve anything. The fact is that we are all in this together. And it's not really about gender. And it's not really about matriarchy or patriarchy or whatever. The increasing pressures of a very male energy 
oriented society are felt by everybody and are felt by everybody equally. It's not that us men suffer less from this current predicament. We just have different challenges. The biggest challenge, as far as I'm concerned, is about opening up emotionally. We come still from a tradition in the Western world where boys don't cry and most of us have had fathers that were not particularly emotionally warm. We learn very early in life to hold in our emotions, to hold in our actual thoughts and beliefs. And the current wave of dogmatism, of judgment against male energy, which is projected onto man instead of going into something more expanded, of going into this is actually something that is happening globally, cosmically, and it's not about man or male-dominating culture. It's about a greater process of consciousness evolution that has brought us to actually an excess of this male energy. But just like in the symbol of yin and yang, eventually that excess turns into another harmony, another balance, a dynamic balance. It's not about establishing a new orthodoxy and push it on everybody as the right thing to do, as the right way to be. But it's simply an exploration, an exploration of the possibilities of creation and the expression of these two energies, the masculine and the feminine. Unfortunately, the damage to our planet and our psyche due to this heavy predominance of male energy is not only having us question the validity of that paradigm, but also as a reaction. And because our planet is going to shambles, there is the birth of a very important urgency and the creation of a new dogmatism, what I call pachamamismo, that is, in order to, so to speak, save the earth, we are creating a new orthodoxy. We are expecting everybody to behave and to think and to feel a certain way. And that way is particularly, at least in people's head, very feminine. I agree with all of that, but I do not agree with any kind of beliefs that are forced upon anybody, not even for the survival of the human species or the planet at large. Repression is 
always repression, no matter what the motives may be. And so what I witness is an increasing repression and self-repression of male energy, particularly in Western society, where male energy is increasingly chastised and judged against. This is a phase, a phase that will see its end when it's ready to be completed, but self-repression and repression are always detrimental to our psychic health. In order to avoid that judgment that is voiced by a large part of our society against male energy, we men have learned to repress it, to judge it, and to avoid it. The 20th century may also be remembered as the century where all authorities have come to be destroyed systematically in all areas of our lives, from politics to economy to also spirituality. But most importantly, it's been a revolution of sorts against male father figure that also included the figure of the Godhead. This process of judging and belittling any and all sorts of authorities has come to a place where there is no certainty whatsoever. We experience this nowadays with this pandemic where we don't know, frankly, what to believe anymore. The sources of authority of what we used to believe were reliable informations are no longer reliable and we can no longer take anything at face value. That is a wonderful thing because it does invite us to question reality, but also it invites us to take responsibility for our own viewpoint and to become ourselves that authority that is no longer available in the world. Just this morning, I was supposed to have a session with a guide in regards to a very important decision in my life that I'm about to make, only to receive an email saying that the person, the guide, was not available and uh, to postpone this session for the following week. It was clear to me that this was an invitation to look at my own fears, at my own doubts, instead of asking someone else to deal with them for me. Among infinite possibilities, it becomes also increasingly difficult to stick to a certain path, to make up one's own mind and act accordingly. And this is particularly difficult 
for men because of all the expectations that men put on themselves and all of the projected expectations that are perceived to come from women as well as from society at large. With this predicament, it becomes increasingly difficult to actually hear and honor our inner voice. We spend so much time trying to fulfill all of these expectations that we no longer know exactly what is the song that makes our hearts sing. The process as I see it today is first and most importantly about forgiving ourselves as men for what has been perceived as bad, as evil in this male energy and everything that has been done detrimental to ourselves and the whole planet in the name of that energy. In that process of self-forgiveness, what does make the difference is to realize that all of these supposed damages, all of these terrible sins are actually not that bad and that they were most importantly simply an exploration, an exploration in consciousness and that in that consciousness, in that expanded state of consciousness, everything simply is and is not evil or good, but simply is. And that all of these experiences that we make up, that we create, are just experiences, experiences and expressions of the divinity inside each one of us. Ultimate forgiveness and self-forgiveness is about realizing that no real damage was ever done. I honor the viewpoint of certain individuals who insist that damage has been done and therefore these people deserve punishment and deserve to be reprimanded and they need to change their ways. It's okay. It's a viewpoint. I don't find it particularly expanded, but so be it. For everybody and society as a whole, the journey will unfold in its own time and there is no point in pushing any kind of agenda, not even the agenda of forgiveness and self-forgiveness. But I can tell you that I found that path to be very rewarding. And it's not a path of anything goes, but a path of allowing our energy to experience itself in whichever way it needs to in whichever way it needs to in order to be integrated so that it doesn't have to be repeated over and over again, so that we learn the beautiful, important lessons that even destructive male energy has to teach us. I have a strong connection with volcanoes 
and at the same time have been very scared of that energy. So two years ago, when I visited the Galapagos for a few weeks, it was all about connecting with that volcanic energy and making peace with it. And it was a very valuable experience because an energy that I'd always perceived as dangerous, as destructive, I could finally see its opposite, how volcanoes are actually responsible for the creation of solid mass upon which we eventually settle and upon which life can thrive, at least terrestrial life, including human life. Expanding my mind, expanding my consciousness to not just see this energy as a negative, but actually to see its positive side as well. And everything has a negative and a positive side in this level of reality. Allow me to actually feel that energy in positive ways and see it in positive ways also in my life. And this has been also very valuable for me in accepting and experiencing these times of destruction. It doesn't make it any easier for anybody, myself included, to witness that relentless destruction. But at least I can now see the benefit of it, the purpose of it, which is always a rebirth that follows that destruction. So it's not only up to women to eventually forgive men for their misdeeds, for their apparent misdeeds, but it's also very important for men to go through this process, this process of self-forgiveness and forgiveness in regards to exploring the effect of all of these expectations and projected expectations, I encourage men to find experiences where they can be on their own, something like a vision quest or a personal retreat where there is no pressure from anybody else so that we can connect with our true heart's desire and come out of this process willing to exercise the courage to be more in alignment with our own hearts. Last but not least, I also encourage men to come together to come together as men in speaking circles or whatever kind of experience, a space where there is no judgment, where we as men can finally voice our own fears, our own anxieties, our own unease with the life that we live where we can speak openly about our sexuality, our addictions, addictions to drugs, addiction to pornography, without feeling judged for it, 
but we can simply share and come out of that silent closet that many of us find ourselves in. We can learn a lot by looking at what women have been doing in the last few decades in terms of supporting one another. We can see how women's circles have strengthened women, and there is no reason to doubt that this same process may also benefit men as we acknowledge and take care of our own woundedness as men, then we can increasingly be also participants in the rest of society. And we can also bring a more positive attitude also in regards to relating to women and society at large. Not because we need to, but because this is simply the way of things, the, so to speak, natural way, a natural way that does not seek conflict, but seeks peace, seeks collaboration, seeks continuous support, support of all life and all expressions of life. Blessings.